I want to talk to you about what I have entitled the secrets of God. I'm going to show you throughout the Bible where that these things have happened, why they happened, to whom they happened, and then also talk to you about what has that got to do with us today and where are we in all of this. And I want you to know that my objective in what I'm teaching here tonight is to let you know that you and I, as God's people on this earth, God's church, we are very special to God. We are very special to God. And if the enemy could do anything, he would try to take away from you that uh, you, you don't mean anything to God. But I want you to know that you are very special to the Lord and that Jesus is coming back for his church. And that you and I, if we stay faithful and walk with God and we are consistent with the Lord, God has some wonderful and great things for us on the other side. Praise the Lord. But in this world, too, he has many blessings, many blessings. Now, I'm going to have you turn with me here. I'm going to start with number one. And I'm going to uh, read this and then we're going to go to the scripture that we've got here. God's knowledge of all things is vast. Now, that's. That's, of course, yes, that's, that's, see, I mean, I can't even begin to exaggerate that. God's knowledge of all things is vast. I want you to look at Isaiah 49, 20, 40, 28 with me. Isaiah 40, 28. And uh, this is a simple statement here. <clears throat> I'm going to read these and we're going to move through them through these pretty quickly here. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the God, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. In other words, God is so great, we can try to figure him out. We can try to think, we can try to imagine, we can try to study it out. But he is far greater than anything that we can ever begin to imagine. God's greatness is, is beyond our ability to even grasp it and comprehend the depth of it. The second point I want scripture I want to read to you is found in Romans 11.33. And uh, <clears throat> this is one <clears throat> that <clears throat> refers more directly to us here. 11.33. All the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. God's ways past finding out. Both Old Testament, one in the scripture. There are many others, but I've chosen two here. One in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. To tell us that God's greatness and his ways are past finding out. Uh, I have been studying recently... In the first few chapters of the book of, of uh, Proverbs, the reason is because I know our Bible quiz team is one of them is going to be studying Proverbs this coming year. And I'm trying to get a little bit of a jump on it, get a head start on it. Of course, I've read it before, but I'm going to, and they've studied it before, but I'm, was, uh, I've started studying it. And the amazing thing to me is that when you start in the Proverbs, Solomon in all of his wisdom, the first thing he lays out is how great God is and his wisdom and his knowledge is just beyond finding out. 
he points all of that out. And then he concludes with uh, over in the book of, uh, of, of uh, Ecclesiastes when he wraps things up in that particular book that he wrote. He also concludes that God, when you shake it all around, God is just vast, so great and so awesome. And we can never fully understand God or never will. He is so great. So <clears throat> here's two scriptures. And then Romans, of course, here sort of coincides with the book of Proverbs in the sense that God is great. Now, I want to move on to the next line here and talk to you a little bit further here. His knowledge of each of us is indescribable, of each of us. Now, we get in specific here and we're talking about ourselves. If you go to Psalms 139, 1 to 6, 131, Psalms 130, Psalms 139 and verses 1 through 6. And uh, <clears throat> look at this verse of scripture. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Now, this is pertaining to ourselves as individuals. God's knowledge is vast throughout the universe. Vast. The Bible talks about him having, he not only knows the numbers of the stars, he has names for all the stars. And the stars are supposed to be suns like our sun, but they're so many billions of miles away, trillions of miles away, whatever. We can't even begin to measure them. They look like little dots, little stars in the sky to us. God has them named. He has names for all of them. This is how great God is. Now, here in this 139th Psalm, uh, the psalmist talks about God's knowledge of us individually. Look what it says. O Lord, thou hast searched me, uh, searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sittings and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought after, uh, afar off. Everything I think about you, uh, you know. Thou compassionest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Notice here the infinite knowledge that God has of everything about us. It goes on to say in verse 5, Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Then he goes on to say in verse 6, and there's a wrap-up here, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. So we pointed out two things, that God's greatness of all things is beyond our comprehension. And then we talk here about his knowledge of each and every one of us in everything is even, you cannot search it out. I'm just trying to tell us all here today that God knows everything about every one of us. And in all of that, folks, he loves us. In all of that, he reaches for us. In all of that, he wants us to be saved. He wants all of us to spend eternity in heaven with him. He does. But he's given us a free will. And even though he knows all about us, he's given us a free will to exercise that will within ourselves, to choose him or reject him. But the Lord is doing everything he can to persuade us, to help us, to open doors to us because of his love that he has for just people in general. And then we'll get more specific here. I want you to go to number A here. Look at this very closely. 
But there are secret things of God that belong only to him. Notice that. Secret things belong only to God. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Look at this verse of scripture with us. Just one simple verse. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed, revealed, belong unto us. Notice that. This is what God has given us. Can I just say one thing here? This is the word of God. Well, it's not all the word of God. This is the revealed word of God. This is what God has revealed to mankind. That's why we're foolish if we don't search it out, seek the things of God, read your Bible, study your Bible, read what God has for us because that's what he has revealed to mankind. His word is far extensive beyond all that. By his word, he made the heavens. By his word, he spoke the universe into existence. His words went forth. Praise the Lord. So there are things that he has revealed. I'm going to read this verse again to you. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. God's granted that to us. That we may do all the words of this law. That's speaking of the law of the Old Testament here in this particular case. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to uh, move on a little bit further. Look at B. However, look at this close now. However, God has granted us the privilege to search those secret things out. He's given us the privilege to search them out. I'm going to read a scripture here in Proverbs 25, 2. And I mentioned a while ago that Proverbs had a lot of things that uh, the books of the New Testament have revealed of us. Proverbs has a borderline on it. So look at uh, Proverbs 25 and 2 with me for a moment here. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 25, 2. Now look at this very closely here. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. I'm really treading in some deep water here with you. But you're a smart congregation. You study the word. You walk with God. You serve the Lord. You read your Bible. Look at this. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. I had an old Bible teacher tell me years ago when I was a young man. And he read this verse of scripture and he said, Brother Myers, it is an honor, an honor, an honor for kings to search out the word of God. He was trying to impress me how important it was to read your Bible, study your Bible. Amen. Have a devotion time that you read your Bible and that you pray and talk to God and seek understanding in the word of God. He was trying to impress me with that. He said, it is the glory of kings to search it out. I'm no king. I'm, I don't know that. Nowhere near royalty. I don't have, that's not my privilege. But kings cannot have a greater sense of something special in their life than to have the honor of searching out the word of God. And you and I have that. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read that verse again. It is the glory of, a, of God to conceal a thing. All right. God hides the thing, but it is the honor of kings to search out a matter. 
So that high honor that would only be given to kings, this is one of those things that you and I, praise the Lord, can search out of the Lord. So even though God hides the things, he has given us the honor to read the Bible, to search them out, to know them, that we may know more about God and how great he is and how wonderful he is, that we might praise him and worship him and lift up his name and exalt his name. Because the more we know about the Lord and his greatness and his goodness and his might and his power, the more that we are awed by how great he is. And we can't help but to lift our hands and say, God, you're a great God. You're a mighty God. You're a wonderful Savior. You are a friend. You just are always there, Lord. And so the Lord encourages us to seek him out and to study his word and search him out. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to move on here. C. So why has God chosen to reveal them to us? Why has God revealed? Us meaning God's people. So I want you to look with me here in uh, Proverbs, uh, uh, Proverbs, Psalms 78.2. 78.2. Going right on through the scriptures here on this. <clears throat> 78.2. The psalmist writes, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. That's those secret things we're talking about. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark secrets of old. Verse 4, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation that come the praises of the Lord. And his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. Verse 6. That the generation to come might know them. Even the children which should be born. Who should arise and declare them to their children. That they might set their hope in God. And not forget the works of God. But keep his commandments. Praise the Lord. So here's a, a scripture here telling us that these dark secrets of the Lord, that's from days of old, that God has kept a long time, he wants us to search them out. He wants us to know them. Why? That we might teach them to our children and that our children may teach them to their children. Because in teaching them, they are the instructions and the direction and the guide that we might have a good life in this life and in the life to come, eternal life. Yes. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to show you here that little by little, God has begun to reveal the wonderful things that he has already prepared and has in mind for the people who love him, who will seek after him, who will search him out and will seek to know him and find him. Praise God. Now, let me go a little bit further here with this. Also look in Romans 9, 23. Look in Romans 9. Notice here that I'm sort of covering both Old and New Testament here. Romans 9, 23. Uh, I said 9, 23, I think it's... 9, 23 and 26, yes. All right.
All right, Romans 9, 23. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. That's those that will be saved. And the Lord has said that he has prepared, praise the Lord, an eternal something that's wonderful, an eternal glory. The vessels of mercy which he had before prepared unto glory. Verse 24, even us, the church that's speaking of. This is Paul writing. Whom he hath called out of the law of the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. Not called out of the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. Notice here we Gentiles are included in this. As he saith also in Hosea. I will call them my people which were not my people. You understand what we're saying here now? The Lord kept it a secret that he was going to one day call out of the Gentiles a people and include them with the Jews. They would not only be his people, but then he would call out the Gentiles. But he kept it as a secret, a back burner. But people would search out the word and they would say, wow, one day God's going to also call out the Gentiles. And this is what Paul's referring to. And he's referring here to Hosea's writings because Hosea mentioned it because God had revealed it to Hosea. Now look, I'm going to read that 24th verse. Even us, we, that's we, the church now. Even us whom he hath called. Remember, Paul's writing to the Romans. The Romans was a Gentile church. Rome is a Gentile, was a Gentile city and a Gentile nation of Italy, of the Roman Empire back then. And so he's writing this to that Roman church, a Gentile church. And so he says, even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. Verse 24. Verse 25. And he saith also in Hosea, I will call them my people. That's these Gentiles. And their beloved, which was not beloved. Before they were not beloved, but now they will be. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said, Unto them, the Gentiles, ye are not my people. There shall they be called the children of the living God. So what's being brought out here in Proverbs, praise the Lord, is that God, praise the Lord, not only wanted Israel to serve God and pass it along down to their children, but that one day he would call out of the Gentiles a people. Call out. Folks, every one of us, the reason we're saved it's because one day God talked to our hearts. I don't know how he talked to you. I don't know how it happened. I don't know where you were. I don't know what situation was involved. Praise the Lord. I know about my own self. But every one of us have an individual testimony. A time when we felt God pull at us, draw us, talk to us, and, and cause us to say, finally, okay, God, I surrender my life to you. I come to you, Lord. We repented of our sins. We got, we're baptized in Jesus' name and all our sins washed away. And we were filled with His Spirit. Amen. His Spirit in us. Praise the Lord. We who were not a people, God made us to be His people. And He kept that all of that a secret all through that Old Testament. Praise the Lord. And just revealed it here and there. I got a big secret I'm going to reveal one day. I'm trying to share with you here today that God, praise the Lord, has opened that up to us today. And anybody can be saved. Anybody can come to the Lord. Praise the Lord because God will save anybody. What would that will bow their head, bend their knee, 
that will confess to the Lord, that will open their mouth and repent before God, God, praise the Lord, will save them and bring them out of their sins and transgressions. I don't care what their background is. God will save them and change their life and make them special, special in his sight and one of his and belong to him. Now, I'm going to move on here. Praise the Lord. Romans 9.23 speaks of that. Now, look at number two here. In times past, God revealed his secrets to his elect. Look at Psalms 25.14. Psalms 25.14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Notice that. There's, again, the secret of the Lord. There's a secret that God's got. This is back in the Old Testament now. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. He will show them his covenant. Let me just, I'm going to interject this for what it's worth. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But those disciples that walked with Jesus, they were there for the Last Supper. And that's when the Lord introduced the New Testament, which means covenant. See, Old Testament means Old Covenant. New Testament means New Covenant. Praise all the word covenant means testament. Testament is covenant. In the Old Testament, the Lord gave Moses, praise the Lord, that old covenant. If you will keep my commandments and obey my words, I will bless you and I will keep my hand on you and protect you and fight for you. And I will do all of this. for you. That's the old covenant. In the new covenant, though, praise the Lord, it was not Moses revealing it to thousands of people. I don't know how many thousands of those Jewish people that came out of Egypt. I don't know how many, but it was 12 People, 12 men that walked with Jesus and sat around that last supper. And he got through with his dinner and he says, take this wine and drink it. He'd take this bread and eat it. This bread is broken. This is my body that's broken for you. This wine, praise the Lord, that I'm giving you, praise the Lord, is my blood that's shed for you. This is my new covenant with you. And, he were, and this is sort of a prophecy of that meaning that God was going to transfer his great power and his covenant of a people being special to him. He was transferring it now to a Gentile word through those disciples. Look at that 14th verse again. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Praise the Lord. I'm going to move on a little further because there's a lot to cover here in this now, I'm going to go back and cover the first one here. Reveal, first of all, to Abraham. Look how God revealed something to Abraham. I'm just showing you how God revealed things to men all through the Bible. I'm going to start with, with Abraham here. Look, go to Abraham 18. This was mentioned by one of our ministers here not long ago about how that the Lord shared with Abraham knowledge. Abraham was sitting in his tent. Wander. He was a wanderer. I mean, he was wandering around in Canaan's land. And he had his, God was blessing him enormously and so forth. Lot had left him. That was his nephew. Taken all of his entourage and they had gone down to Sodom and Gomorrah. And he was living down there in Sodom. And uh, Sodom was getting more wicked all the time. And Abraham was sitting in his tent door and he saw these three men walking down the road coming his way. Three men. 
And he walked out and he said, hey, come in and feast with me. And this was a long, hot day. That They were very kind of travelers and strangers. He took them in. He sat down. And as he talked with them, Abraham began to understand these were not just ordinary men. It turned out that one of them was God manifest in angelic form. That is, he looked like a man. The other two were angels that were traveling with him. I don't know who that, what their names were. They, they were two angels. And then whenever they got up to leave, they walked out. They ate dinner. They got up and walked out. If uh, you don't believe in eating beef, God sat down and two angels sat down with Abraham and, 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 and Sarah and ate a beef sandwich, a beef dinner. So I'm going to leave that with you, whatever it's worth. Anyhow, they walked, walked out of the tent, walked down the road a ways. And then the angels went on. Now, they didn't look like angels with wings. They looked like just men walking around. And they went on and they headed for Sodom and Gomorrah. And just before they left, this is what the Lord said to those angels. Verse 17, 18, 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Shall I hide from Abraham the thing that I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And of course all the nations of the earth blessed in him would be Jesus Christ who would come through the seed of Abraham. And of course Jesus Christ would be the blessing that would be for all humanity. For those that would accept Jesus. Praise the Lord. And he was referring to that. The point that I'm simply bringing out. Is that he said to those angels, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Now, God could have just walked on away and said, this is, you know, divine business. It has nothing to do with Abraham. But he chose to reveal it to Abraham because Abraham was very special to him. And folks, God is very special to us. That's why his word, praise the Lord, is so valuable. God can speak to our hearts. We can be going through a trial or a test and you can read in the Bible and God will give you the answer right in there. Because he loves us and he cares about us and he knows what you're going through when you're going through a trial or a test. Praise the Lord. I've been through my share of them. Believe me, I have. There's been times I've had the last bag of groceries in my arms and didn't know where the next bag of groceries was coming from. Had no idea. Didn't know if it would ever come my way again. But I said, God, thank you for what I've got. Amen. But God never failed me. But one fellow said one time, he never missed a meal. He postponed a few, but never missed any. <laughs> Amen. God is always with us. Amen. So the Lord was there. He said, what shall I show to Abraham? You know what he told Abraham he's going to do? He said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Their wickedness come up before me and those angels are going down there. We're going to go down there and see if it's as bad as it is. And everything, and so Abraham Abraham bargained with God and said, Lord, if there's ten righteous, you know the story. He said, if there's ten righteous, would you spare Sodom and Gomorrah? And he said, if there's ten righteous people there, I'll spare it. And Abraham never went any lower. They started with 50, then 40, then 35, whatever. Went down to ten. said, Lord, there's ten. And then I'm thinking Abraham is saying to himself, Lot, I hope you've converted at least several people in your city there. That's righteous and living for God, and so God can spare it, praise the Lord. But unfortunately, it had not happened. And God took a lot in his family. Two angels went there, got them out, 
And God said fire from heaven because they were full of perversion. You know what? It was homosexuality. I don't need to tell you that. It, it spells it out. Sodomy. That's, that's where the name sodomy comes from. Uh, let me just move on here. So God appeared and shared what he was going to do with Abraham. Now I'm going to move on into the next one here. Praise the Lord. B. Uh, he revealed to the prophets what he was going to do ahead of time. Now I'm going to move on here in the scriptures uh, to the next verse of scripture. Look at Amos. Amos 3.7. Amos 3.7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Now, this is Amos over in the Old Testament. And God was getting ready to judge Israel, and later he would judge Judah. Israel, had, as a nation, had been divided into two nations, northern, northern Israel, southern Israel. And the northern Israel was called Israel, the southern Israel was called Judah. That's where the word Jew comes from, from Judah. And uh, Amos here is saying these words, and it's coming from the Lord. Surely the Lord God will do nothing He's not going to send judgment. He's not going to let this happen to Israel. But he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So the prophets saw things ahead of time. They did not always understand them, but they saw them on the horizon. The Lord revealed unto them there was things that was coming down the pike. Praise the Lord. I want to tell you and I today, folks, God allows the church to see things coming down the pike. I'm telling you the truth. He allows us to know some things that's coming to pass. That's why I spoke on this not long ago here about the Lord, you know, about those three questions that they asked. And, and those disciples asked Jesus there in the 24th chapter of, of Matthew, you know. When shall these things be and shall the end of that, days of that coming and the end of the and the end of the world? And he went on to say and point out things that when you begin to see these things come to pass, then look up for your redemption doth nigh. So I'm pointing out to you here that along the way God has revealed and shown to his people, his prophets, things that he was going to do, and he still will not do anything that he will not let us know ahead of time what's going to happen, what's coming to pass. That's why I say you can have your faith and confidence in God. Believe me, folks, God will reveal these secrets to his people, but we've got to stay close to God, walk with God, serve the Lord, and not be, not be careless with the Lord. I'm going to move on here. I've got a, a lot here to talk to you about. Uh, look at C here. Now, we talked to you a little bit about this a while ago, and that is that he revealed also to his his uh, disciples, he revealed to Abraham, revealed to the prophets, he revealed to his disciples. Look at Matthew 13 with me. Matthew 13. Now, this was a time when Jesus was teaching the multitude in parables. He taught them in parables. And uh, he'd say, you know, they, in fact, the 13th chapter of Matthew, he gives seven Seven parables he gives them to them. There's, there's stories. And in those stories, there is a, there's a secret to what he's trying to tell them in the spiritual things. The spiritual things 
are revealed in the natural things that Jesus was given. The sower went forth to sow. Some seed fell by the wayside. Some fell on good thorny ground. Some fell on stony ground. Some fell. And then what does all that mean? It, to be honest with you, to those people that were listening to that, they could care less. Okay, there's a seed that's sown. When are you going to heal us? When are you going to touch us? When are you going to feed us food? You know, the feeding of the 5,000, later the feeding of the 4,000. In other words, they were interested in what will you do and what are you going to give and do for us? Now, I'm going to, I'm in the 13th chapter. Go to verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Why are you giving the multitudes these stories? In verse 11, he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries, the mysteries, notice the word mysteries here, of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. Because in their hearts, they're only wanting to receive anything that they can benefit or get out of it. That's all they want. If I can get a healing, if I can get something done for me, if I can get money in my pocket, if I can get food on my table, if I can have more, you know, more, if I can have some groceries, yeah, that's all I'm interested in. But he said, I'm giving you something more than that. Praise the Lord. And he's trying to give them the wisdom of God that would come through these parables that he would give them. But he says, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Notice the kingdom of heaven has mysteries about it. But to them, it is not given. Praise the Lord. This is in the uh, Matthew 13, 10 and 11. And go to verse 34. Verse 34 and 35. All these things, this is not Jesus' words. This is what Matthew's writing. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret. Everybody see that? I will utter things that have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. And the Lord here, of course, has been, and this is all, you know, a prophecy that's coming out of Psalms. So I'm just pointing out to you here tonight that God reveals things to his people and if we will walk close to God and serve the Lord, folks, the end time will not catch us by surprise. I'm going to show you that in the scripture note before I get through here. But I'm just trying to point out to you here, it is a privilege to serve the Lord. It's a privilege. It's a privilege, praise the Lord, to go to the house of God and to worship the Lord. It's a privilege to be in the house of God and lift your hands and glorify the Lord and worship the Lord. It's a privilege to read the Bible. It's a privilege to pray. And I'm saying that because in a world that we're living in, there is also those evil forces that's trying to say, who is God? What is God? You know, man came from monkeys and all that kind of stuff. You know, they got all these stories of evolution and all of that stories they've got that goes on and on. The Bible calls those things the imaginations of men. It's not knowledge, it's imaginations of men. God, praise the Lord, is the giver of knowledge, real, because knowledge is truth. But men give imaginations. 
And they'll say, that's knowledge. And in universities, they'll teach it as knowledge. It's not knowledge. It's imaginations of men. But when you walk with God and you serve the Lord, praise the Lord, God has promised in his word that he would reveal things unto his people and to us. Now, go to John 18, 14. John 18, 14. This is uh, back at that time that we we're talking about where the Lord told those disciples, you know, the, he was with the 12 and he, and he broke, the, broke the bread and served the wine and so forth. And later on, he was talking to them now. And Jesus really talked to them a long time about he wanted them to keep his word, keep his promises, told them that they belonged to him. He was, they were special to him. He was there. Look at these verses of scripture in 14. Look at John 15, 14. Everybody there with me? 15, 14. Ye are my friends. Notice this closely, folks. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. The Bible said that Abraham was called a friend of God. The Lord loved Abraham. Abraham was very special to God. God called him a friend. Now he's telling the disciples here, you are my friends. And he tells them on what basis that they are his friends. If you do whatsoever I command you. Now Judas Iscariot had been in that crowd if he had slipped out and gone away to betray the Lord. He wasn't there. These that were there hearing this was without Judas Iscariot, the one that betrayed God. He was gone. He was that disciple that followed the Lord and decided, I don't think I'm going to stick around, follow the Lord anymore. And he left. And he, of course, he wound up hanging himself because of his traitor. Yeah, I won't get into that. Look at 14. You're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants. Notice that. We call ourselves, we're the servant of the Lord, yes. But he said, I don't call you servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. And notice this, that Jesus, praise the Lord, says, because you are friends, I am making known unto you the things that's going to happen. He talked about his death, burial, and resurrection. He talked about the advancement of the church, about the church being established. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. Praise the Lord. He would talk later on other things that I'm going to talk to you about here that's found in the scriptures. I'm just pointing out to you folks here tonight what a privilege it is to serve God and live for God and walk with the Lord. You say, Brother Myers, I serve God, but I just don't want to give up something, blah, blah, blah. Give it up. It ain't worth that. Not to know the Lord and not to be special in him is not worth anything you'd hold on to and not give it up if God requires you to give it up. Praise the Lord. Don't get on, don't be on drugs. Give it up. Don't be an alcoholic. Give it up. I prayed for a woman one time that was an alcoholic. She came down for prayer. Listen to this. This happened. This happened. She came down to prayer, and her husband said, "My wife's an alcoholic. She wants prayer." And she'd been coming to church some. She came down. I said, "Do you want to be delivered from alcoholism?" She said, "Yes. I don't want to be an alcoholic no more." I said, "I'm going to pray for you and ask God to take away this alcoholism." 
And God's going to deliver you. And from this night on, I don't want you ever to touch another drop of alcohol, another drop of liquor of any type. Oh, she says, I don't want to give it up. I just want to be delivered of being an alcoholic. I don't want to have to want it. I just want to be able to drink when I want to drink. I said, uh-uh, it don't, it don't work like that. No, 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 no. If you want to be delivered right now, you've got to say, I'm going to lay it down and never touch another alcoholic drink the rest of your life. Praise God. Amen. And, uh, boy, she had to think about that. She went away. She never was healed of it. The last I heard, she was still an alcoholic, went back out in the world. I don't know whatever happened to her. But I'm just trying to tell you here today, folks, that you've got to lay down all that stuff. Drug, alcoholism, cigarettes, lay them all down. They'll kill you anyhow. You know, the Lord doesn't want you smoking. That's, that thing all came out of Hollywood. You know that stuff. All that smoking cigarettes and stuff. And uh, here, here we're trying to follow Hollywood, trying to follow it. No, no, no. Leave Hollywood where it is. I want to follow the Lord. We want to follow the word of, of God. Praise the Lord. We're not going to follow the world out here and all of its trash and garbage and everything else. Everything. Don't, don't, don't go into this pornography stuff. I'm talking to guys here now, ladies. Don't go into all this pornography and all this stuff. Leave all that trash, that's garbage, that's sewer stuff. Leave it, leave it. I mean, walk, I mean, don't even come near it and say, God, I want to be yours. I want to belong to you. I want to be your child. Praise the Lord. And God will reveal his blessings and his goodness and his glory and his power and his presence unto his people who walk with him and stay close to him. Praise the Lord. So he said, unto you I have made all things known unto you. I'm going to move on here. Praise the Lord. D. <coughs> Excuse me. He revealed things to Paul. Revealed things to Paul. Look at Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. And I'm reading here Ephesians uh, 3 and 3. Look at it. I'm going to put the pen right here. How the revelation, look at this closely now. This is Paul writing. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. We're going to talk to you about this mystery in just a moment. He made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. So Paul saying God made, helped me to understand a mystery that he had been keeping a secret for thousands of years. But he revealed him unto me. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. There's, this is uh, in Ephesians. Verse 4. Whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. As it is now revealed unto his holy Apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Now, you want to know what it is? Look at verse 6. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. That the Gentiles would be included. And we talked to you, we read a scripture a while ago in, in reference to that. 
that they would be included. I'm jumping down to verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church. That is, that we might know them, the manifold wisdom of God. And what God was keeping a secret for so long, that one day he was going to bring the Gentiles in with the Jewish people. And together, praise the Lord, they would be one. And they would walk with God in Jesus Christ. Not under the law, not keeping the law of Moses, praise the Lord. But under Jesus Christ. But when you walk with Jesus Christ, praise the Lord, you feel you fulfill everything that was necessary to be kept that was under the law. That's why, you know, the Lord said, uh, the young man came to Jesus one time and said, what must I do to hear eternal life? He said, you know, the commandment to do this and that. And the Lord went on to say to him here, he said, uh, you know, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The second commandment is that. And he said, well, Lord, and these two commandments are all the law and the prophets. Everything is in that strict. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything's wrapped up in that. You look at the Ten Commandments, they're all wrapped up in those two commandments right there. And if you do that, you're keeping them. And Jesus said to that young man, thou art not far from the kingdom of heaven. You're, the, you're there. The kingdom of heaven or God, of course, is the church age, is the church on the, is, is, is us walking with God in the church. Praise the Lord. So that's how we keep those things is through Jesus Christ. So God gives us that love. That's what the Holy Ghost does for us, folks. It gives us that love of God inside of us. And whenever you say, Lord, give me your spirit, praise the Lord. God sends his spirit upon us, in us. Amen. And we have Christ. We're baptized in his name, wash away our sins, and he fills us with his spirit. Amen. And whenever we're filled with his spirit, then praise the Lord, can we walk with God and we can love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we'll love our neighbor as ourselves. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. The spirit of God in us will change us. You can have some enemies and people you don't like, and God will put that love in your heart. Praise the Lord. And all of a sudden you love people that you never thought you would ever love, but you love them because God has put it in your heart. And then later on, the devil comes back and he tries to stick stuff back. You say, no way, get out of here. I want to still exercise that wonderful love of God in my heart for my neighbor and also for God, first and foremost, above everything else, through Jesus Christ. Amen. Folks, when you pray, just say, Jesus, I love you. I praise you. I worship you. I glorify you. you. Folks, he is such a friend to us. And he reveals things. I'm moving on here. My time is getting out, running out here. God's revelation to the church. 1 Peter 1.10. Look at this very closely here. I'm going to move a little fast here now. Let's see. Uh, that was a verse of scripture in Romans 11.25 that I missed. Let me read that. 11.25. 
For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. <coughs> the fullness of the Gentiles is all the Gentiles can have. Blindness happened to the Israel as a nation, but the Jewish people could be saved as well. Now I'm going to move in here to number three here. I want you to look at First Peter 1. God revealed to the church what he revealed to the church. Look at this very closely with us here. First Peter 1.10. I'm going to read 1.10 through 13. Of which salvation, look at this closely now. This is what we, we have as, as the Gentile church. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. The prophets. And searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Search it. What? Or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, that is the prophets of the Old Testament, but unto us, that's we who are in the New Testament, Gentiles and everybody, uh, but unto us they shall minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have Preach the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Which things the angels desire to look into. Look at that. We have what the angels desire to understand. How they, they desire to see what we have, what we're going to have. One day God's going to do something. What is it? They all wanted to know. And it's been given unto us. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the salvation, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So I'm just trying to tell you here and show you here what a wonderful thing God has brought unto us. Matthew 13, uh, 16, 13 and 16 and 17. But blessed are your eyes, for they see your eyes, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see. This is Jesus now talking. And have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. This is the same thing that Paul was, was talking about and, and was uh, talking about there in First Peter as well. I'm just pointing out something that God has revealed these things to the church, praise the Lord. And Ephesians 4 and uh, 17, let me read those verses of scriptures here, and then I'm going to move on here. Our time is getting away from us here, and I want to finish this and wrap it up. Ephesians 3 and 3. Ephesians 4.17, I'm sorry. 4.17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of your mind. Don't go that way. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now this is Gentiles who would not walk with God. Verse 19, who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness. And we're just showing you scriptures here where Paul is saying that what we've got is just so good and glorious and wonderful. Uh, look at Colossians here. 
Colossians 1, 25 and 27. Wherefore, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise the Lord. And if you look at verse chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, and that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge, the acknowledgement of the mystery of God <coughs> and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's all in the Lord. And then down in verse 9, I couldn't pass this one up, 9 and 10. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We understand that, don't we? That Jesus Christ is everything. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. Now, what I've just done here is given you some of these scriptures here to let you know that we have the greatest thing on the face of the earth. Now, the last thing that the Lord revealed before he has not revealed anything else is what he revealed in the book of Revelation. I'm just going to read these verses and then I'm going to close it out. When the Lord had given those disciples the knowledge, the church went forth, the church began to grow, the Gentile church began to grow in those days. The Lord sent Word to John, who was the last one. And this was the last book in the Bible that would be written and revealed to us. Look at Revelations 1 and 1. Revelation of Jesus Christ. This is God. This is Jesus Christ's revelation to the church now. Which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent his and signified it by his angel unto his, his servant John. Uh, who bear witness of the word and so forth. And then down in verse 19, he told him, says, Write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. And then that's what the book of Revelation is all about. And the things which are, all those seven churches, and Revelations chapters 2 and 3 is those seven churches of Asia. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, the Thyatira, Sardis and so forth. Those seven churches that he gave to them. And he said, I want you to tell the churches, praise the Lord, that I want them to walk with me in peace. And this is what I've got against them and so forth. This is the things that are. Also, the seven churches would represent the church age. Church age. Now, if I had time here to go into that, I could show you that so very clearly. And most Bible scholars understand that. That those seven churches literally existed they were all in an area that we, they used to call Asia. Now it's called, it's in western Turkey. But those seven churches are all there. I've been to the one called Ephesus. I've been to that one myself, the ancient city of Ephesus. And I'm just trying to say here that these, these, these places actually existed there, and these churches were actually the way they were. But they also represented the church age as the church age would unfold itself, right on down to the end time. And the last one would be that of Laodicea. And that's the one that the Lord said, I want you to be careful that because you'll be rich and prosperous, that you do not become lukewarm. 
I would that you were hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm or I'll spew you out of my mouth. And if there's anything else that we need to know, we do not ever want to be lukewarm, folks. Be on fire for God. Walk with God. Love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And God will bless us and be with us and keep his hand on us in all things. And then it goes from there into the book of Revelation to talk about things coming on the earth. And God has revealed that unto the church. You think the world seeks all that knowledge? No, because they don't believe in it. They don't, they push it aside. They don't revalue it. They don't regard it. But you and I know that the word of God, praise the Lord, will take place. It'll happen just like the Lord has said that it would happen. So I say this in closing. Love God. Walk with God. Believe with, believe in Him with all of your heart. And one day the Lord's going to come back and it may not be very, I don't think it's very far off. It's going to be soon. The Lord's coming back for his church and he loves his people. And you want to love God with all of your heart. The closer you get to the Lord, the more God is going to guide you, direct you, keep his hand on you, protect you and keep you. Praise the Lord. And he will never fail you. Let's stand together and give God the praise and the glory right now.